0: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at Current.Tech. Hi, this is Kathy with a C. And
1: I'm Kathy with a K.
0: And this is Killer Destinations.
1: Today's destination is Houston, Texas. Houston is the nation's fourth largest city, just after New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago.
0: I would have never guessed that.
1: Agreed. I actually had to double check it because I couldn't believe it was actually number four.
0: (laughs) I would have double checked as well.
1: (laughs) It also boasts a low cost of living, which unsurprisingly means it has one of the youngest and fastest growing populations in the country. Houston has been called the perfect mix of southern hospitality and urban sophistication. But in 2020, the death of one young social media influencer confronted us with the reality that an on-screen persona doesn't reflect the secrets hidden behind closed doors. Alexis Sharkey was
0: a 26-year-old Instagram influencer who had been born and raised in northwestern Pennsylvania. She had two younger sisters, and her family was described by friends and relatives as close-knit and happy. Alexis was especially close with her mother, Stacy Rolbenote, with whom she spoke frequently. According to an article on Medium.com by Teodora Maximova, Alexis wanted to pursue a career in medicine. So she went to the University of Pittsburgh and studied biology, nutrition, and psychology. After she graduated, Rather than going straight into a graduate program, she decided to take a gap year. She wanted to travel and just relax, and she found herself in Odessa, Texas. In 2017, when Alexis was in her early 20s, she was working at a sports bar called Twin Peaks.
1: Okay, really quickly, what is it about sports bars and their names? I know. Portland, Maine, it was foreplay. Here it's Twin Peaks. I know. What's with the sexual
0: innuendo? Yeah. Subliminal anyway, messaging. It, yeah. yeah it, not so subliminal. <laughs> True. For those of the, never mind. Yeah.
1: For those with the, of the penis
0: variety. I was, just, I was like, you know, that's not nice, Kathy. <laughs> so while she was working at Twin Peaks, she met a man that she would eventually marry. His name was Tom Sharkey. He was a regular at the bar, and they hit it off instantly and began dating. They took a lot of trips together and would share their adventures on social media. He was a consultant in the oil fields and he was in his mid-40s while, again, she was in her early 20s.
1: I read somewhere that they didn't really care about the age gap. That was something that they had said to friends. But I still think that's... I think it's a big deal. I do too. That's a lot. Especially because when you're that age and she's so young, she was just out of college, all of that you don't know enough about the world and, and he's already experienced
0: it. No, exactly. And and I saw pictures of him and he has, you know, he's bald with a, a goatee, kind of a tough guy look. Like, Lots of tattoos. He probably looked younger than his age. I'm, I don't know. But I, I do think the age gap is kind of a big deal. At the, at those ages? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely.
1: Sometime after they met, she quit the bar and became a salesperson for Monet hair and skincare products. Monate is a multi-level marketing company, which is also called MLMs, and you've probably heard of them. There's quite a few around. Herbal Life is one, Rodan and Fields. These multi-level marketing companies are where a person is an independent contractor and they make their money not only by selling the company's products, but then they're always recruiting new people under them to sell the products as well. So they get the commission from the products they're selling personally, but for everybody they bring under them, they actually get a commission from what they are selling too.
0: This is something I would be absolutely terrible at. Me too.
1: I I couldn't do this. (laughs) Absolutely not. But participants are paid a percentage of each recruit's sales and that members at all levels can earn some amount of commission. So the more people she had working for her and then working for them as well, the more money she was earning.
0: Of course. And apparently Alexis was a natural at sales. So she did very well in the company. She used her knowledge of biology that she obtained at the University of Pittsburgh and was able to... Better promote and sell the products based on this knowledge.
1: And I can totally see that, right? If people are looking at Instagram, and by people I mean usually it's people in their twenties to thirties who are buying things off of there, right? If you if Although you tell I'm somebody, I, I,
0: yeah, <laughs> but if you tell somebody I'm a biology major and it has this product or this ingredient, you're going to be like, oh biology
1: Mm. i wasn't smart enough to major in biology and so if you say this product is going to give me the most beautiful hair in the world i believe you exactly you wouldn't lie to me on instagram would you Uh -uh. yeah for the record i
0: started out as a bio major but then i switched because it was really
1: hard (laughs) for the record i never went into (laughs) biology because it was really hard (laughs) alexis ramped up her
0: presence on social media to spread the word about her products and increase her sales After gaining more than 20,000 followers, she became known as an influencer. And frankly, life seemed to be pretty great for her and Tom. They became engaged in the summer of 2019 and moved from Odessa, Texas to Colorado. That same year, they got married and moved to Houston, Texas.
1: Not only was Alexis a natural salesperson, but Alexis was one of those women who just drew people to her. And so she was quick to make friends in her new hometown. She met a group of friends through a mobile app and they loved spending a lot of time together. They all got close quickly and they all trusted each other implicitly. They also had a group chat together with, which I think a lot of people do now, Mm -hmm. but Alexis was on it a lot. In early 2020, she became an executive director at Monate. So professionally and personally, her life seemed to be going really well. Even though Alexis and Tom were newly married, she usually didn't include Tom when she was hanging out with her friends. Her friends would later say that she didn't even talk about him that much when she was with them.
0: Because they were probably like, why are you married to a 40-plus-year-old man? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can buy beer on our own now. We don't need the age exactly. difference. <laughs> In the beginning of November of 2020, Alexis and her close group of friends took a trip to Tulum, Mexico, and her friends had remarked that, as usual tom wasn't included i didn't have any confirmation but doesn't that make you think that that means some of these women brought their husbands boyfriends partners what have you probably but i mean
0: i don't know i didn't see anything on that it makes me think like here we have a man who is over 40 years old hanging about with a bunch of 20 somethings he's probably like like i could see him. hot 20 something young girls yeah but he could also be thinking like oh your friends are immature or who knows whatever yeah, that's true
1: When she got back to Houston, she called her mother to tell her that she wouldn't be going to Pennsylvania for Thanksgiving, but promised she'd be there for Christmas. And this was a really big deal because, as we'd mentioned, she was close with her family. And her mom said the family thought it was strange that Alexis had actually stopped visiting them as much as she once did. At that point, it had been almost a year since they'd seen her in person. Wow. It's a long time. That
0: is a long time for a young woman who was close with her mom. Especially somebody who has the financial means to get there if she wants to.
1: Right. And she didn't have a job that required a nine to five. So she could have done social media from anywhere. Right. On Thanksgiving morning, November 26th of 2020, Alexis texted her mom to wish her a happy Thanksgiving. She spent the morning with her husband, Tom, but she went over to her friend Tanya's house in the afternoon and spent the rest of that day with her close group of friends. Which is weird. It's super weird. Mm-hmm. And why was he okay with that? Yeah, we don't know if he was. True. Good point. Alexis stayed there until around midnight when she was picked up by someone she said was a friend, and they went off to a bar until 3 a.m. They knew it was 3 a.m. because Alexis had texted Tanya to let her know that she'd come back to grab her stuff, but Tanya was asleep, so she never got the message until she was up the next morning. At some point, though, Alexis went back to Tanya's house to get her car, and the assumption is she went home at that time.
0: The day after Thanksgiving was always a big day for Alexis posting about her Monet line, which makes sense, of course. It's Black Friday. But her colleagues noticed she wasn't posting anything, which was unusual. She was always the person encouraging others at Monate to use their social media to increase their sales. Remember we mentioned that Alexis was always active with the group chat with her friends? Mm-hmm. I f- mm-hmm. do you remember that
1: <laughs> i do remember do you remember that. that okay good do you
0: <laughs> so at 5 30 on friday 5 30 p.m the day after thanksgiving alexa sent out a chat that she wanted to go out that night and asked any of her friends if they could join her but because it was the friday of thanksgiving weekend the women already had plans so they decided to go out the next day saturday now at 11 p.m on friday night just a few hours after Alexis sent the text on the group chat, Tom, her husband, texted John, the boyfriend of one of Alexis's friends, to ask if he had heard from Alexis.
1: Now, don't you think this is weird? Because why is he not calling her friends? He's texting someone's boyfriend? But maybe it's like a dude thing.
0: Maybe he feels comfortable going to the guy, not okay. the girl. I Who knows? I, I have no idea. Anyway. John immediately called Tom because he said,
1: "Like it was lame for them to be talking about something this serious over text messages." And so he just picked up the phone to call him. Which
0: PS is one of my pet peeves. I know it is. Like I don't need (laughs) to have a thirty-seven thousand, you know, character text message. Can we just can we just talk in real life?
1: Yeah, yeah. But do you always answer your phone or read your text messages? Well, it depends on who it is. (laughs) And let me tell
0: you, I don't always rank. So. (laughs) So anyway, so John and Tom speak and. Tom tells John that he and Alexis had gotten into a fight a few hours prior and she stormed out of the house barefoot. He said he saw her climb over the fence and was picked up by a black car. That is so random. Like over what fence? Yeah. I don't know. It seems.
1: And if she's barefoot. Weird. Yeah.
0: So apparently the two men spoke for 45 minutes and Tom told him Everything that had allegedly happened before Alexis stormed out. After looking for her and not finding her, Tom said he pulled into a gas station to calm down and plan his next move. According to Tom, this took him two hours before he started calling people asking if they'd seen Alexis. But strangely, he never called any of her friends.
1: So wait, he calmed down in a parking lot of a gas station for two hours. But what's weird is that he is telling this
0: to this girl's boyfriend. Like, so he is telling this to John. But and not it's, telling
1: her friends, but and not telling her parents. But it's
0: weird for a man to, to say, oh, I saw her storm away, get into a black car. And then I went to a gas station and then I sat there for two hours. And then I was thinking about, like." Yeah, that's true.
1: That's just... That's girl language. That's
0: very unmanlike. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, I'm generalizing, and that's how it is. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Don't come at us for that one. If you ever went missing for any length of time, and obviously you can't use your phone as a basis... Right. Who is your husband calling?
0: He's going to be calling your sister. Yes. He's going to be calling you. Yes. He's going to be calling Krista, Rosie. Yeah. He'll, He'll be calling people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like my regular chicks. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Kelly, Kelly, Krista, Kathy... (laughs) <laughs> I,
0: <know. laughs> I only like people that go <laughs> at the beginning of their name <laughs> so as her friends were texting each other saturday evening now this is november 28th to make plans for the girls night out they'd agreed to everyone was chiming in except alexis so her girlfriends were concerned because it was very unusual for her not to be participating in their conversations And their worry became alarm when she didn't show up for their girl's night.
1: They called Alexis's mother, who had been on the phone right then with Tom and had just learned that Alexis was missing. And it wound up being Alexis's friends, not Tom, her husband, who filed the missing person's report. And then they turned to social media for help in finding her. By the way... That is, like, one of the
0: benefits of social media that I will never enjoy. Like, you know what I
1: mean? Like, I, I think it's so
0: cool that that they can turn to social media and all of these people know who she is. Right. You know, so I, I think that is neat being, at least having some form of notoriety on social media.
1: Absolutely. We'll, we'll get you that notoriety if you ever go missing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're going old school. We're putting exactly. We're putting up flyers. I'm faxing people.
1: <laughs> we'll write letters to the media. Exactly. Just as her friends and family started looking for Alexis, city maintenance workers had found her naked body on the side of a service road that was just a few miles from her apartment on Interstate 10. Her family was hoping beyond hope that it wasn't her because her phone was still on. And this had been, you know, 48 hours after she disappeared.
0: How do they know that? Because they're sharing locations or something? Yes. Got it.
1: And honestly after 48 hours, her phone should have died. So with it Mm -hmm. still being on, they were hoping that she was somewhere and just hadn't reached out. Right. Able to charge it. Right. But Tom confirmed that the body was Alexis. There were no signs of a struggle and no apparent cause of death.
0: Kath, why are so many dogs now suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, said she's seeing more issues with joints, odors and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health, their food.
1: What she discovered is actually the way many dog foods are made can create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for many of the premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw a huge transformation in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health.
0: And Kath, as you know, we have a schnauzer named Ollie, and even though my husband insists he is not, he is overly flatulent. (laughs) After I started giving him this food, I swear there was a reduction in his smell.
1: I love that. And I'll come over to your house now. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you know, we have a Vishla we call Orange and she's a senior dog. And over the last couple of weeks, she has actually had more energy to be running around the backyard with the younger dog, the Doberman we call Brown. Or crazy. A
0: little bit. (laughs) So if you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com slash killer D and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D dot com slash killer D. -D.
2: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery.
0: And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
1: As police investigators looked into Alexis's life, it became clear to them that Alexis had started the process of divorcing Tom, and some news articles actually claimed that they had already split their bank accounts just before she went missing. hmm Police also found out there was another man involved. On the Mexico trip with her friend she took at the beginning of December, she met a man named Sebastian. He was a DJ based in Houston and, like at the beginning of her relationship with Tom, Alexis and Sebastian hit it off immediately. Police discovered that Sebastian was the friend who picked her up at Tanya's house. Kind of want to talk to Tanya now.
0: Seriously, totally want to talk to Tanya.
1: (laughs) On Thanksgiving night and went to a bar with her till 3 a.m.
0: On January 19th, 2021, almost two months after Alexis's body was found, the Harris County Institute of Forensic Sciences announced that the cause of Alexis Sharkey's death was strangulation, and the manner of death was homicide.
1: So, Kath, one thing I found that was interesting is usually when we talk about these cases, we talk about the coroner's office or the medical examiner's office. In Houston, which is Harris County, the Harris County Institute of Forensic Sciences is an independent science-based organization, so it's not linked at all to Harris County or to the city of Houston. Okay. And it provides medical examiner services and crime lab services for all of Harris County.
0: Do you know, is this a contract group? Like, do they have the county entities doing this too, or is it just they contract out with them? They contract out with them. That's very interesting. After finding the cause and manner of death, police began focusing on Tom. To put together a timeline of events in the days leading up to Alexis's murder, police focused on the electronic devices of everyone who'd communicated with her during that time frame.
1: And you know, this, as much as it's intrusive, this is where it's golden. Right. And
0: and I didn't actually see any articles on how specifically the police harness this information, but what I am assuming is that... They had her phone, they had all her friends' contact numbers, they had these things, and so they were probably pinging the cell phone towers, that's my guess.
1: Well, they were also doing a data dump of text messages, emails, any of the social media posts that she had done, all of that's accessible by her phone, and Tom still had her phone. Right,
0: yeah, so I'm assuming they dumped her phone as well, but I didn't read it anywhere. I just know that the... You know, I know that the electronic devices provided the history of of the events leading up to the moment. And
1: honestly, they could have gone after Alexa, too. People don't realize that having that Alexa speaker in your house or having that Alexa device in your house or anything like that, it's listening all the time.
0: Alexa is not welcome in my home. (laughs) (laughs) Mine either. As typically happens with suspicious deaths, as word got out that Alexis had been found people started coming forward with information. One of Alexis's friends said that the marriage was rocky and claimed that Alexis had told her she was afraid for her life. And although Alexis was a typically very private person, she had recently told some of her friends that Tom was abusive and controlling. They also said Alexis reported that Tom would strangle her for fun, but No one knew for sure if it had been a sexual thing for them so that they never really gave it much weight. Unsurprisingly, Tom denied having anything to do with her death.
1: Although I'm sure catching Alexis's killer never left the thoughts of her loved ones, the case faded from the news. And then on October 5th, about two weeks before we're recording this podcast, the hunt for Alexis's killer was in the spotlight again. According to the Houston Police Department on September 29th, 2021, they had obtained an arrest warrant for Thomas Sharkey for the murder of his wife, Alexis. He had a history of being evasive. What do you mean? Well, he'd eluded police for almost a year, starting with the fact that he moved to Georgia two weeks after Alexis's death. Wow. What are you going to call that? He dipped. He did dip. I, we're not going to do this every single time. Yes, we are. <laughs> I'm going to do it every time. <laughs> we're going to make it a thing. It's a t-shirt thing. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> and if he evaded them twice, did he double? The- <laughs> <laughs> Police had gotten in touch with him in August of this year and he agreed to meet them to give them a DNA sample, but he didn't feel like showing up, Uh-oh. so he didn't. In the Houston Chronicle, Houston homicide investigator Michael Burrow was quoted as saying, we were able to eliminate other suspects that came up, some of which were actually brought up by Mr. Sharkey. The investigation determined that Thomas Sharkey is the only person who had the means, motive, and opportunity to have committed the murder. So Houston police went to Tom Sharkey's home in Georgia to arrest him, but he was no longer there. They couldn't find him and they brought in the U.S. Marshals.
0: Dun, 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 dun. Absolutely.
1: They are the best of the best. And here's a word to the wise. If they're looking for you, They're going to gonna find you. Exactly. <laughs> they're
0: going to find you.
1: The U.S. Marshals Florida Caribbean Regional Task Force was able to find Tom Sharkey in Fort Myers, Florida at the home of his daughter and her boyfriend at 10 p.m. on Tuesday, October 5th.
0: By the way, did you see anything that discussed his daughter's age?
1: I didn't. I didn't even see something that said that he had been married prior. I mean, obviously, he didn't have to have been, but it's an assumption. Or if he had other kids.
0: I am assuming that she would have been in her 20s at this time, but I don't know. Well,
1: probably. I mean, he was 50 when he...
0: He was 50 at this time? At this time. Yeah. Okay, that's a safe assumption.
1: The daughter told U.S. Marshals that he was inside the house and that he had access to weapons. After moving the daughter and her boyfriend away from the house the U.S. Marshals ordered Sharkey to come outside. Instead, Thomas Sharkey ran upstairs and shot himself in the head. According to ABC 13 out of Houston, Alexis's mom, Stacey Robinault, was quoted as saying, I'm super sorry for Tom's family. It's just such a senseless loss that has happened with my daughter and then him. I'm just sorry for all of that. It's been a horrific year.
0: She was also quoted as saying, We would definitely give our condolences to Tom's family because they're so innocent in all of this. I'm sure they're very sad, especially his daughter, for how things went down. I really thought that it would end with a trial and that he would come in and make his case. He chose not to go that way. I will admit we have felt that Tom was guilty of this from pretty much the beginning. Loss of life is never good. I do feel like, in a way, he did serve himself justice. Wow. I know.
1: You know, what a gracious thing for Alexis's mother to say, too. Because she's just gone through hell.
0: Right. She She's extending her condolences to his daughter and their family. and Because that... she
1: knows what they're experiencing. Exactly. Regardless of what he may or may not have done, he mm-hmm. was still her dad. Yes. And, and any other loved ones that were there.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I'm always impressed by by the families of victims who behave with such class and tact and grace. And compassion.
1: Yes. Alexis's attempt at separation, even if she had just mentioned it or started acting differently but didn't actually take any steps like it's been reported, had the potential to put her in life-threatening danger. Absolutely. As we had said earlier, she had even expressed to her friend that she was afraid for her life. Right. Right. The U.S. Justice Department cites that the majority of domestic assaults and abusive relationships take place after the couple separates or as the woman takes steps to separate. Domestic violence is all about power and control, and when a woman leaves, she takes all of that away.
0: Correct. Now, we've mentioned the book before, The Gift of Fear by Gavin Becker, in a couple of our podcasts. I mean, I, it's, I'm almost embarrassed that we keep mentioning it, but honestly, it was such a foundational book as to danger and instincts. And, you know, it was fantastic.
1: And just to be clear, again, this is not a paid ad. Not a paid ad. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I don't know him personally. (laughs) But in the book, there is a quote when, when he attempts to quantify how horrifying the numbers are. And I want to clarify, the book was written in 1997. And it says, quote, in fact, if a full jumbo jet crashed into a mountain killing everyone on board, and if that happened every month, month in and month out, the number of people killed still would not equal the number of women murdered by their husbands and boyfriends each year, unquote.
1: It's such a horrifying statistic. But as Kathy and I have been doing the research for this case, we both talked about Things that had happened to us that were similar. And what's funny is, as we've mentioned, Kathy and I have known each other. Well, she's known me for over 40 years, but that's because she's older. <laughs> I haven't known her quite that long. <laughs> <laughs> but for all that we've known each other mm-hmm. and how close we are, I mean, Kath's family, mm-hmm. we were able to tell each other two things that we'd never even told each other before. Right. So I'll go first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do that. Um, I had a coworker, actually who we were close coworker friends. We didn't really do things outside of work, but we were still close co-workers. And we had been at a conference all day and had to get on a plane to go back to our homes. And he actually said to me, do you want to know what you did that almost made me punch you twice today? I bet you were like, what? <laughs> I was actually shocked. And, yeah. you know, we talked about the conversations we had with my mom when we were growing up. One of the things mom had always said to us was, if he hits you, if he demeans you, it doesn't matter if he apologizes because he will, he's going to do it again. It's going to happen again. Yeah. What I wound up saying was I did nothing to make you want to hit me. Nothing. If you wanted to hit me, that's all on you. It is not my fault. It is never my fault. That's abuser language.
0: Totally abuser language. Look what you made me do.
1: Right, and and that's what you hear all the time. And his response, of course, was, "I'm not an abuser." And so my response was, "You may not be now, but you're heading that way
0: for sure." When I was a freshman in college, um, I had a friend who was a
1: boyfriend, kind of
0: a boyfriend, but whatever. It was, it was in its infancy. Let's, shall we say? Anyway, he came to my university to visit, and my friends and I did not have cars. So he had this big passenger van. So he piled a bunch of us in it and we were driving to another university of a girlfriend of mine and we're going to a party. So I was in the passenger seat in the front of the van. I had bucket seats and I didn't know my way around very well because... I didn't have a car, so I'm going, go left, go right, go left. And I'm like, I'm sorry, go right, go right, go right. But wait,
1: you know how Kathy doesn't like her phone? She also doesn't like navigational tools (laughs) like Garmin or... Well, back then there were none. Or Thomas Guides. Well, yeah. uh, come on. I didn't have a Thomas Guide in college. I didn't have a car,
0: for God's sake. I didn't need a Thomas Guide. (laughs) If you
1: had one, you wouldn't have used it anyway, and you know it. That's probably true. But anyways, go ahead. Back to your... I do
0: like getting lost and finding my way out of things. But anyway, that's weird and beside the point. So... I was giving him incorrect directions and he got frustrated by me. So he grabbed me by the hair and tossed me onto the seat, like onto the back seat, where my friends caught me. That's crazy. I know. We were all speechless.
1: I mean, which tells me you didn't tell your dad or your brothers because I'm not sure he'd still be around these days.
0: Exactly. Anyway, so the rest of the evening, he was trying to pretend like nothing was wrong. And I kept saying, do you realize what you just did? You know, you laid hands on me. We are done. We're
1: over. And, and he probably didn't even realize what he'd done, right? He was like, what, what's wrong? Why aren't you being nice yeah, to me he was He
0: was acting like nothing was nothing out of the ordinary. Happen. So anyway, so at the end of the evening, we all go back to the freshman dorms. I go back to my dorm.
1: And your dorm was all girls, right? It was all girls.
0: And I never locked my door. So I wake up in the morning, and I find out that he has come into my dorm in the middle of the night and written me a letter. And written me a note, really. And all it said was, Boys will be boys. That was his way of justifying his behavior. So of course, back then we were a letter writer. So I wrote a letter and I went, I want to be very clear. (laughs) We are over. Make no mistake. Yes. Boys will be boys is not a sufficient excuse for what you did.
1: Both of us had this happen. And, and you were younger than I was because I was in my early thirties when that had happened. So like five years ago. But
0: these are mild things compared to what some people go through.
1: Well, it is. And I think we were both Lucky because we did have families that raised us with that in your mind. But even then, there's still a threat.
0: Totally. This was my dad's sex talk with me. Catherine, if a boy does not understand the word no, you show him with your
1: fists. Your dad's awesome. <laughs> that was like, I love your dad. I got
0: one sentence when I was 17 years old. Everything else I learned in the gutter. <laughs> but and the she, message was clear. But she's been there. <laughs> I never quite managed to pull myself out.
1: But as Kathy was starting to say, we also know this is a very serious issue. Yes. And even though this podcast is going to be published in November, October is still Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. And it is a serious issue. It is a serious thing that women get themselves trapped in. And especially when they have children, they feel more trapped. So for anyone who has been a victim or you know somebody who is or you think you may even be, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline. It's one 800 799 SAFE 1 800 799 7233. Your conversation is confidential and you can remain anonymous. Please call and get help if you need it. If you'd
0: like to help us spread the word about our podcast, please give us a five star review, subscribe, and tell your friends about us
1: please follow us on social media. We are at Killer Destinations Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. If you have certain cases you'd like us to cover or just want to say hi, please reach out.
2: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day,